Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. I am Evan Wittalison, and I want to thank you all for spending some time here listening to Talking Sports with Evan. Not doing a live stream again here tonight. Going to get back to that later this week. Figure I'd give you all a break from staring at my ugly mug for uh, 30 minutes of a show. Figure you'd rather listen to my my uh, my voice instead. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you'd rather do neither. But anyways, here I am. And this is a championship edition of Talking Sports with Evan. As have a lot to discuss here today in regarding champions. The Packers, kings of the NFC North for the third season in a row. Matt LaFleur is, I think, the first coach in NFL history to be division champion three seasons in a row. He honestly deserves some coach of the year uh, conversation. And, you know, that's the conversation I'll get into a little later in the show, as well as um, uh, MVP race a little bit, too, after I discuss um, the Packers and the Ravens game. And... Another reason why it is champion audition for the first time in program history, and I know I don't talk volleyball and stuff on here a lot, um, but big news over the weekend, the Wisconsin Badgers volleyball team for the first time in program history brought home the national championship NCAA Division I volleyball. The Badgers led by Dana Retke, Senior came back for her fifth year to bring the Badgers a title, and it's fitting enough that the Badgers win their national championship off of Dana Ratke Kill to clinch the 15th point in the fifth set in order to give the Badgers the victory. So I want to tip my hat to this Badger team. And fourth year in a row, they're in the national, I mean, in the final four, and the fourth time is the charm. Two years ago, they lost in the national championship game. Last year they lost in the final four, and the year uh, two. Uh, so this year they end up winning it all. So big tip of a hat to the Badgers and Dana Radke and Sydney Hillary and Lauren Barnes and Anna Schmeck and uh, all the other uh, players on this team that and De- uh, Devin Robinson, all the players on this team that led the Badgers to this national title victory and. Yes, the Badgers are losing probably the most decorated class in team history, led by probably one of the top athletes in Wisconsin Badger history, and Dana, Dana Ratke. But the future is still bright in Wisconsin when it comes to volleyball, as you have the previously mentioned um, Anna Schmeck and Devin Robinson here ready to take over as the main focal point of the the Badger volleyball program, as we saw with Anna Schmeck in the championship round. She was the most outstanding, the tournament's most outstanding player as she dominated the Final Four and the national uh, title game to help lead Wisconsin to victory. So, big props to the Badgers. The volleyball team founded in 1974, coached by Kelly Sheffield, led by Dana Ratke, who is the first ever five-time NCAA All-American, she came back for her COVID year because she had unfinished business after falling short last year in the Final Four, not making the championship round. She had unfinished business, and she handled her unfinished business and 
big thank you to the Badger Volleyball Program um, bringing, the, bringing the national championship to Madison. So, with that said, um, I know I don't talk a lot about Badger Volleyball or Badger Hockey and women's hockey and stuff like that, but I don't get to watch and follow it really closely being just south of Milwaukee, not being in Madison itself. I don't get a lot of coverage. So I stick mostly to what also you all, the listeners, want to hear, and that's me ramble on about Packers and Brewers and Bucks and Badger football. But I just felt it was appropriate to um, to talk some Badger volleyball as they are the national champions. I was going to talk Badger volleyball today regardless, um, win or lose, or with the push from one of my friends, uh, Scott, or not. I was going to talk Badger Volleyball regardless, but, um, yeah, um, I just thought it was deserves a, a place in this show. So, moving on, and if you want to follow me on Twitter before I jump into the next topic, at Evan Witt Sports, or you can follow Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan um, at gmail.com if you have any uh questions you want to ask me or comments on the show so with that uh you know t- uh, time to move on to Packers so the Packers beat the Baltimore Ravens in a game that was much closer than it needed to be 31 to 30 Badger victory over the Ravens and lots of good some bad but ultimately the Packers got the victory and with the win as I mentioned uh previously before I talked volleyball, the Badge, the Packers for the third straight year are NFC North champions for the third year under Matt LaFleur. <clears throat> um, I don't know why anybody thought that the the Bears were going to run the North with Mitch Trubisky all of a sudden or the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Uh, they're going to, quote, run the North is what a lot of uh, – pundits and talking heads and insiders and fans were saying for the past three years, but the Packers past three years, Matt LaFleur has quickly turned the the performance on the field around. Brian Gutenkust has quickly changed the talent level in Green Bay to bring you the Packers three championships in a row. But hey, Packers aren't done yet. They won the North, but they still got some unfinished business because the last two years, when they won the North, they fell short in the NFC Championship game, and the Packers are looking to get over that hump, preferably at home in the NFC Championship game for the second year in a row, but this time advanced to the Super Bowl. And I think I can speak for all Packer fans that I would, we would love to see that. But the Packers have some business to take care of first in the regular season. And as I mentioned, they beat the Ravens 31-30. to I'm going to start with the with a couple of things I liked. I'm going to throw in a few things I didn't really like. And then ended on some things that I, I liked. So I'm kind of going to do a a sandwich here um, in, with regards to the Packer victory. Things I liked. I liked the offensive game plan. Um, the Packers played their game plan, their, their system. The Matt LaFleur offensive system where everything is basically built off the running game. We've seen too many times this season where the Packers try to play hero ball and Rodgers have just chucked the ball down the field really for no reason whatsoever. 
We've seen that a lot this season. And in this game, the Packers didn't really do that. Now, I know on the first drive, thing I didn't like, um, they didn't start out that hot, which on third and six, Rodgers missed a wide open Devontae Adams. I'm sure if Rodgers could have that throwback, he would love to have that throwback. But he missed a wide open Devontae Adams uh, that would have went for a big chunk gain. Um, a throw that Rodgers typically makes in his sleep, but he's been off target a little bit this season, which is a whole nother conversation to have. But Rodgers just missed Devontae Adams, but the second drive of the game, the Packers come out, score a touchdown, um, and then right before halftime, they score another touchdown where Rodgers had a throw that I don't think there's a quarterback in the league outside of Aaron Rodgers that can make that throw. The throw that he had to MVS um, right, right, right around midfield, there's three guys around MVS, and he found the window, very small window, um, found that window, put it in there, MVS with the big catch, and it was a big gain, and the Packers end up tying it before halftime, going in 14 all, and they, for the most part, didn't look back. And all the Ravens, you know, scored 14 points in the, or 13 points in the fourth quarter, and missed a two-point conversion that would have given them the lead with 40 seconds to go. But overall, the Packers got the lead and kept it. But like I said, I like the game plan the Packers ran. I put out on Twitter yesterday, I love the game plan. You know, the Ravens are a team, great up front, great against the run. You don't run that a lot against the Ravens because the Ravens don't let you. But the Packers stuck to it. Aaron Jones, what you know, not sexy numbers by far at all. But 13 carries for 58 yards, averaging 4.5 yards a pop. Just the, just the way he was running the ball, you're forcing the linebackers and the safeties to have to respect the running game. A.J. Dillon, 7 carries for 22 yards. It, it just wasn't A.J. Dillon's night. Um, and that's where the Packers can find balance here. The last two games prior before, um, before this game, um, it was the Aaron Jones, I mean, it was the A.J. Dillon show. Um, Jones missed the Viking game due to his knee injury that he suffered um, against the Seattle Seahawks. And it had to be the A.J. Dillon show. And the fronts the Packers faced in Minnesota, granted they didn't have a choice, the front they faced in Los against the Rams at Lambeau Field um, the weekend after Thanksgiving, the front they faced uh, at coming out of the bye last week against the Bears. A.J. Dillon can handle those fronts. He's a big bruiser, but he did not do well against this Ravens front. So, hey, we're going to give AJ, uh, AJ, uh, Aaron Jones the bulk of the carries, and we're going to you know find other ways to get A.J. Dillon involved, um, which they did uh, with one catch for 13 yards. That was a nice... Uh, catch and run that he had, uh, tiptoeing up the sidelines. So <clears throat> the Packers were able to hit MVS, hit Devontae, hit Mercedes Lewis, hit Tyler Davis, hit Josiah Degara, uh, and hit Aaron Jones off of the threat of the run game. Play action. Fake it to Jones, fake it to Dylan, and you find your man. And that is what this offensive build around. We've seen, you know, and there's no, I count, I remember only one, let's just throw the deep ball, see what happens play, which we've seen too many times this season. 
But I, I remember seeing it just once in this Packer victory over the Ravens. They stuck to the game plan. They stuck to getting the ball out. They stuck to moving the ball down the field. And the other thing I liked uh, with the Ravens secondary pretty banged up, Rodgers is push, pushing the ball downfield a little bit. He uh, he had his best game or threw the most attempts at or past the uh, first down sticks. Um, in this game, more often than he has his entire season so far. He was going downfield because the Ravens couldn't cover anybody with the injuries they are having, and they uh selling out to stop the run, and the Packers were able to beat them that way. Some things I didn't like is the way they played um, Mark Andrews. And I know Mark Andrews is a big tight end. He's like 6'6", 260. But they, they tried one-on-one coverage and a soft... Soft coverage, uh, letting them free off the line, uh, get a free, uh, free, uh, free release off the line, and just had Savage covering them one on one. But Savage is not too big enough to be able to cover him. He was eating Savage for lunch, but yet they kept putting Savage on Andrews no matter what. It's like under Capers, the Packers would stick to coverages, stick to personnel, stick to players. Because eventually it's going to work. And the Packers, for the most part this season, defensively, have made things work by adjusting on the fly and getting people out in places and situations that are going to work. Um, I think the first game against the Bears is a perfect example of that. We saw Yadam get completely torched on the opening drive against the Bears uh, down in Chicago. And then the very next series, they put Rasul Douglas on the field, and Yadam hasn't been on the def- on the field for defense ever since, because they put somebody in that's going to get the job done, and Douglas, for the most part, has gotten the job done. He uh, just missed having his third straight game with an interception. So, but this game, it's like the Packers didn't want to adjust. It's like you know what, we are going to bet on Savage. Savage will get the job done and make it hard for Edwards. And instead, Edwards ends the game with 10 catches for 136 yards. They're going to have to clean that up. The only the, the only other receiver uh, that made any kind of impact was uh, Hollywood Brown. He had 10 catches for 43 yards. So I think they did a pretty good job holding him in check, for 4.3 yards per catch. Dunleavy was the next receiver with three catches for 13, and then you had... Three guys tied with one catch. Eight, five, and five. So the Ravens didn't have a lot of success through the air. They had a lot of success getting the bar to Mark Andrews through the air. Um, And Huntley, tip your hat to Huntley. He's a hell of an athlete. Carried the ball 13 times for 73 yards and ran for two touchdowns. Packers got some good pressure on him, but they, they weren't disciplined. And he was able to get outside the rush and keep plays alive, keep drives alive with his feet. And ended up scoring two touchdowns, including uh, the touchdown that got it within one point. And then there was a two-point call, which the Ravens, to me, were smart going for two. You had all the momentum in the game. You have complete control of the game. You're dominating the game. And it was the perfect time to go for two because Packers are on their heels. Their hands are on their hips. They're sucking in air. They don't know what the hell just happened to them because two drives in a row, the Ravens have punched you in the mouth repeatedly, and you couldn't stop them. And for some reason, the Ravens call timeout, 
try to get in the jump, call timeout, and then they send a play in where you're rolling him out to his right, limiting to one receiver, and if the receiver is not there, you're screwed, and the receiver wasn't there. He tried to get the ball in there, and Savage, tip your hat to him, he was getting beat like a drum most of his game, gets his hand on the ball to deflect it, that if he doesn't deflect it, who knows what happens. Maybe it, they catch. Maybe Andrews catches the ball, and it's, it's, it's a score. Who knows? But overall, I, I like the Ravens' aggression for going for two there. I just didn't like the play call. But back to the coverage of Andrews, one play in particular that stood out to me, now that I'm thinking about it, is I want to say it was the second touchdown of the game. Um, Savage could have jumped the route, jumped in front of Andrews, and maybe knocked it down, maybe was able to push him out of bounds, limit his range of being able to come down with the ball in bounds. But instead he jumps behind him and tries to knock the ball out that way. But when you're 6'6", 260, with the hands that Andrews has, when you get your paws on that ball, it's going to take a lot to get the ball knocked out. And Savage wasn't happening. So I think overall the Packers have played defense pretty solid these last two games now. Outside of containment in the pocket, Huntley went 28 of 40 for 215. He had to earn every one of those 215 yards. And if you take Andrews out of the equation... He's 18 of 18 of 30 with under 200 with under 100 yards passing. Now maybe other guys would have stepped up. Andrews obviously would have caught a couple balls, even if he didn't have the 10. But I think the defense did fine overall. But they have a lot they got to clean up. Um, I think they did fine against the Bears. Um, the Bears scored three points in the second half. You take away the. Uh, kickoff return for touchdown. The Bears are at 23 points. Their two of their touchdowns came off of uh, big returns um, by the special teams, set them up in short fields. You know, so the Packers defense could have done better, but they didn't definitely didn't get help with the, the the play of the special teams. And you know, in this game, they gave up 30 points, but I'm. You know, two of them were late in the game when you're trying to play more prevent style, which, to be honest, for most of this game, the Packers are playing prevent. To be honest, that's what it seemed like to me anyway. But they got the victory. Matt LaFleur, great game plan offensively. They're trying new things on special teams to try to make things work. Chandler Sullivan was fielding punts yesterday. Um, Fair catched one. Amari Rogers had a pretty nice return on a kickoff before he got dinged up and taken off kickoff return duty. Um, just nothing, you know, nothing has worked so far that they've thrown out there in kickoff uh, uh, returns. And kickoff and punt coverage is still leaving a lot to be desired. But Rogers had a great game, um, as we expected him to, with the how banged up the the Ravens were. Rodgers had a great game, 23 of 31 for 268 and three touchdowns. Tied Brett Favre's franchise record for t- career touchdowns at 442 with only 93 interceptions. Favre was at 200 and whatever interceptions at this time of his career. So Rodgers is definitely more efficient with the football. I would take Rodgers' efficiency personally over uh, Favre's recklessness. And when Rodgers is playing within the offense, 
we see that the Packers' offense is extremely tough to beat, and that's what we saw with uh, with Baltimore. And unfortunately for the Pack, and unfortunately for Green Bay, uh, better throw by by Rodgers to Alan Lazard. It's um, thirty eight to seventeen rather than thirty eight seventeen, and the game's all but done. You can just relax and run out the clock. But unfortunately, he overthrew Lazard, and we had to make it interesting. But the Packers got to win. At the end of the day, that is what matters. At the end of the day, it's about getting victories. And you gotta you gotta win to make the playoffs. You gotta if you make if you win the division, you're automatically in the playoffs. And it's just, you know, like I said, a win's a win. And I, I don't I never as I say, a win's a win. Don't apologize for a win. That that's what I, I say. I, I was stealing that from uh from Chuck Freeman. But a win's a win and you never apologize for a win and the 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 Packers uh, got the victory and they're the one seed right now in the NFC all by themselves, thanks to the Detroit Lions knocking off the <clears throat> the Detroit Lions knocking off the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints shutting out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nine to nothing. So it's safe to say Packers are the one seed by themselves. They went out. They're the one seed. Playoffs for the second year in a row. Go through. Wait for it. Lambeau Field. And they only got to win twice at home in order to get to the Super Bowl. And the Packers so far are undefeated at home. They lost once in Minnesota. They've lost once without Aaron Rodgers in Kansas City. That if Aaron Rodgers plays, you got to think they're going to win that game. And they lost week one. So, moving on to, that, that brings me to the next topic, and that is the MVP. You know, Jonathan Taylor is doing a great job. You know, the MVP has basically become who's the best quarterback in the league award. Um, but I think Jonathan Taylor definitely deserves some consideration for MVP, being that if it wasn't for him, the Colts are not sniffing the playoffs at all. He is keeping the Colts in the playoff race, but... I think it ultimately comes down to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And I think with Tom Brady's performance yesterday, I think Aaron Rodgers leapfrogged him in uh, consideration for, uh, for winning MVP. Um, you can argue that, yeah, he lost two of his best receivers in the, during the game and his running back. But remember, the Packers beat the Arizona Cardinals without Alan Lazard, without MVS, without Devontae Adams. They beat the Arizona Cardinals. So, Rodgers beat the Arizona Cardinals with Winfrey, Malik Taylor, and EQ. And they lost Robert Tanyan in the game with a torn ACL, but the Packers were able to beat the Arizona Cardinals with a bunch of wide receivers that before that game were on the basically the practice squad. So, and then, you know, Tampa Bay's receivers, they're still pretty decent without uh, Mike Evans, and, you know, they're not as good as Evans, and... um. I'm drawing a blank on the other receiver for Tampa Bay right now. But Scotty Miller, he's a, he's a talented receiver. So, but you got to tip your hat. And as I said, I and six days ago, seven days ago, I was talking about how Tom Brady's running away with the MVP race. But I think Rodgers leapfrogged him with what he was, he's been able to do, especially these last four games. 13 touchdown passes, zero interceptions. I think it's, what, 1,300 yards passing. Um, 
eighth straight year um, or something like that, not counting the injury year or eight or eighth season or 30 or more touchdowns. Rodgers, to me, is the MVP. Now, I think Jonathan Taylor deserves a lot of votes, and I think he deserves some consideration for winning, but I'm sorry it's a quarterback award now. And with that said, being a quarterback award, I think it's I think it goes to Aaron Rodgers. So um, that's my thought there. So now, before I do let you guys go, Coach of the Year, um, I think Matt LaFleur should be Coach of the Year. I think Matt LaFleur has shown, um, yes, I know Bill Belichick um, is winning a lot of games with a rookie quarterback, but you look what Matt LaFleur has been able to do now. You know, year one, you could argue, yeah, but, you know, you won a lot of close games, you were healthy, you have Aaron Rodgers, year two, okay, you were healthy, um, you're not, you, you didn't return to the mean, um, you have Aaron Rodgers, MVP, this season, same thing, you have Aaron Rodgers, um, but all the injuries the Packers have had on both sides of the ball, they haven't had Bakhtiari all season long, they lost Alton Jenkins, uh, Cup twice this season, once now for a season-ending injury. They missed games with uh, Devontae because of COVID, Lazard because of COVID and injury, Aaron Jones because of injury. Um, they, they've missed Aaron Rodgers because of COVID um, defensively. They've missed um, Zadarius Smith most of the season. They missed Alexander for a good chunk of the season. Um, but they find ways to win. They keep winning. And winning in pretty good fashion, aside from this week's thirty to thir- thirty-one to thirty win, but it is still a win. But I think Matt Lafleur, for what he's done in Green Bay, with the rash of injuries they've had, because year one and year two, the argument was you you have Aaron Rodgers and you are an extremely healthy team and you're able to squeak by victories, but injury-ridden team at key positions on the team. You're on your third-string left tackle and your second-string right tackle, your second-string center, and your second-string left guard. That is what you're at right now with the offensive line, but guess what? You're still churning along. You're without your best pass rusher the last two seasons because of a back injury or whatever's wrong with him. And Zedarius, you're without your top corner who hurt his shoulder against Cincinnati, like, what, week three or four? And you're still finding ways to be successful. And I... I think Matt LaFleur deserves Coach of the Year, and I think Gutenkoos deserves Executive of the Year because the moves that he has made to keep this team in contention. Razul Douglas, huge find. Whitney Merkelis, before getting hurt, huge find. find. Uh, Devondre Campbell, they picked up off the streets in June. He's been the MVP of the defense. He's given the defense a new life. Some, you know, At that position, at middle linebacker, that the Packers have not seen for the longest time, and he drafting Newman, drafting John Runyon, who is a second-year guy, the success of A.J. Dillon, the success of um, Degara. I think Gutenkoos deserves Executive of the Year consideration. LaFleur deserves Coach of the Year situation, and Rodgers deserves MVP. Unfortunately, LaFleur is never going to win the MVP, the offense. I'm sorry, he's never going to win the, the Coach of the Year, unfortunately, for the Packers, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. If he can do this without Rodgers, then you don't really have a choice. 
but he's cursed with having Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback because everyone points to Rodgers and says, hey, it's easy when you have that at quarterback. But I think it should be the Flores Coach of the Year. So I will be bringing you two shows this week. On Wednesday of this week, I will be previewing Packers versus Browns. I'm working on trying to secure a guest for uh, a Browns preview. Um, So I'll let you all know, monitor my socials for that announcement. Um, Evan with Sports on Twitter, Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook. Um, I will announce uh, the guest if I'm able to secure the guest that I'm trying to get. With that said, thank you all for your support, and let's continue to... uh, uh, you know, look forward to the holidays for those that are looking forward to the holidays and be diligent in trying to protect you and your loved ones uh, this season right now. So with that said, I'll get back at you all later this week. Hope you all have a great rest of your evening, and I will talk to you later.